Truth Time Radio, the number one choice for Bible enthusiasts and critical thinkers. You know, the interesting thing about truth is it's 100% verifiable. For a shot of truth with no chaser, visit truthtimeradio.com. Hi, Trey. This is Robin from Arcola, Illinois. I love Truth Time Radio. I discovered your program about a year ago. A friend of mine posted one of your audios on Facebook, and I listened to it, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. The way that you communicate everything in such an easy-to-understand, easy-to-learn way was just, uh, it, it made my day. I quickly went to your website, and I seen that you had many more lessons on there to listen to, and I spent the entire weekend listening to everyone back-to-back. Um, my husband listens to you now. Our teenage son listens. I've got my sister and her husband listening, and we just can't promote you enough. I give you a shout-out on Facebook as often as I can, and we made some bumper stickers to put on our vehicles, and, you know, I just can't say enough good about what you're doing. So the only complaint I have is I need more, more videos, more often. (laughs) But I know you're very busy, and we appreciate everything that you have. So... That's all I wanted to say. You have a great day. Bye-bye. The Truth Time Radio Podcast, available on iTunes. Drop in at the iTunes store, type in Truth Time Radio, and be on your way to better understanding your Bible. Take the program wherever you go. Enjoy it on your iPad, iPod, or iPhone. Awake, aware, alive, and active. Truth Time Radio, now available on iTunes. Okay, here we are back with another Truth Time radio program. There are still those today who love truth. They desire to hear what God has said in his word to them in this but now biblical time period. You're back here for another shot of truth with no chaser. You know, before turning on the mic today, the thought occurred to me how that, well, each evening we can walk outside and take a look at God's amazing moon. And during certain hours of most days, we can set our eyes upon his beautiful sunshine. And the list goes on and on and on of all of the wondrous things that God has made that, well, they're here for our enjoyment. All of these things are what God made, and they're certainly spectacular. However, we're not always able to enjoy God's beautiful sunshine. It depends upon the weather, and the moon only comes out at night. But no matter the day or the hour, we always, we always have access to what he said. For instance, he said that he has wiped our sin account clean. We're debt free. No one on the face of the earth owes God anything. By his finished cross work, you've been loosed, set free, fully forgiven, released from the penalty of sin, and set at liberty. Isn't that the most amazing news? The question is, will you, by faith, believe it? Welcome to Truth Time Radio. A special hello to Joy Heath, 
who listens in to the program from Texas. And hi to Angela, who writes in and says that uh, her and her husband are now listening from Ultawal, Tennessee. She says here that uh, Truth Time Radio has sure cleared up a lot of discrepancies in Scripture. I still have some questions, but at least I think I'm finally to the point where I am not doubting my salvation. Angela, that's outstanding news, and I know where you're coming from. She also said, I always looked at myself and wondered if I was truly sorry enough for sin, or if I was just wanting a, quote, fire escape policy, or something like that. I've listened to all of the on-demand shows from this year, and am getting ready to go to the archives. Plus, we try to listen in each Saturday morning. Well, we indeed love hearing from those of you who are awakening to the truth. Another listener writes, Your program is refreshing and unique. Listening has inspired me to rethink some things. My fervor for Bible study has reached an all-new high. That from Megan Betancourt, Chattanooga, Tennessee. How fickle my heart and how woozy my eyes I struggle to find any truth in your lies And now my heart stumbles on things I don't know my weakness I feel I must finally show Okay, I want to start off talking today about some of the popular sayings among professing believers that are, uh, well, they're rotten to the core. You've heard many speak of, quote, accepting Jesus into your heart, asking him into your heart, or giving him your heart. Well, these are nothing more than fluffy, feel-good sayings that were manufactured by religion, by denominations. These sayings are unscriptural and have no salvation power. And then you've got those that say, it's not God that needs acceptance from us, we need acceptance from Him. There's nothing in your flesh that you can do to be accepted by God. Nothing. And here's the good news. God accepted his son. That's it. All the accepting is over. God's already accepted his son, and that's who's in focus here. It's all about him being accepted and nothing to do with you or I. Now, to some, this is a low blow to their ego, but it's true. And truth will set you free. Free from performance. Free from guilt and shame. Free from condemnation. Free. Free. The truth will set you free. The only way for you to be saved is by being in Christ. How does that happen? By faith. Your flesh is not involved. The only flesh involved in the salvation process is the flesh of Christ. He's the one God is pleased with. And if you, by faith, get in Christ, then guess what? God is pleased with you as well. But it's only because you're in his son. There's no spotlight on you, so you can forget it. Never has been, never will be. You see, this is why you must understand how to rightly divide, and I quote, the gospel of your salvation, the word of truth. The reason some say God needs to accept you is because no one ever taught them that in their Bible there is more than one gospel and that these Gospels must be divided in order for you to have the right information to believe. The only way you can trust what Christ did for you is if you hear the correct Gospel that tells you what He did for you. 
Most today are believing the wrong information. For example, the gospel Peter preached in Acts 10.35 is clearly not the gospel Paul preached in any of his 13 epistles. The gospel Peter preached in Acts 10.35 says, He that worketh righteousness will be accepted by God. Did you hear the works? Of course you did. He that works righteousness. Prior to God revealing the good news gospel for you today through the Apostle Paul, salvation acceptance came via faith plus works. You had to have works with your faith in order to be saved. Salvation acceptance came by way of someone working for it. So as we see, according to Peter, one must work righteousness to be accepted. But Paul tells us in Titus 3.5 that it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. And in Ephesians chapter 2, he says it's for by grace through faith we are saved and not of works. You see, Christ did all the work necessary for a soul's salvation. And the Bible makes salvation clear enough for an elementary student to understand, especially if they're homeschooled. <laughs> salvation is by faith, plain and simple. It's not by you doing, and it's not by God accepting you. Stop changing the words. Words have meaning. Salvation is by grace through faith. No doing. Grace is unmerited, and faith is invisible. Unmerited means unearned, and faith is what you believe, not something you can do or see. You trust Christ by believing he did the work. That's Paul's gospel. That's what Christ told Paul to tell you. That's instructions according to the dispensation of the grace of God. Christ, when speaking to Israel, said they needed to, and I quote, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Now let me ask you a question. On this side of the cross, does Christ, through Paul, say that to anyone? Well, if you find where he does, please let me know. If you can find where Paul says that, we'll both disregard what I'm saying here today. Until then, I'll stand smack dab right here in this truth. The word strive means to make great efforts, to achieve, to obtain something. It means to struggle or fight vigorously. Now, again, I ask you, can you find those instructions in any of Paul's 13 letters to the body of Christ church? Can you find where in his writings... He instructs us to do even one work to be saved. Just tell me where he wrote that one work is needed for salvation, and I'll change. Listen, the work has been finished. No more striving is necessary. You're saved by grace through faith. You're saved by believing that Christ did the striving for you, and it was his striving that pleased God. Most today are preaching a time-past gospel. It's not a false Bible doctrine. It's just misapplied Bible doctrine. It's not a false gospel. No, it's in the Bible, just as we just read in Luke 13. But the same way we can find doctrines in the Bible that simply won't work today, there is a salvation gospel in the Bible that won't save today. Oh, at one time it would, but not anymore. What was a correct salvation doctrine for then would be an incorrect salvation doctrine for now. Luke 13 was good wholesome doctrine for salvation prior to Christ completing the finished cross work and then revealing our gospel of salvation to the Apostle Paul. Those same words, if applied today for salvation, are powerless. 
When speaking of salvation, it's no longer faith without works is dead. No, now it's faith with works is dead. Are you listening? James, when speaking of salvation, told the twelve tribes of Israel, not you, James chapter 1 verse 1, but the tribes of Israel that faith without works is dead. However, Paul's writings were directed toward you, Romans 11:13, and when speaking of salvation, he says that faith with works is dead. Again, are you listening? Research this on your own. Romans 11:6 puts it this way. If by grace, then is it no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. Simply put, grace and works are mutually exclusive. If you mix God's grace with your works expecting salvation, you're dead. And you're going to have a very unpleasant surprise awaiting you. The only thing worse than going to hell is going there and being surprised. Now, the good news is that the work necessary for the world to be saved has been done. It's finished. Haven't you heard? It was finished on the cross 1,900 plus years ago. Sin is no longer the issue, no matter what the preacher says. I'm going to believe the Bible over him any and every day. God is no longer counting sins against you, and we know this because we can read plain, simple English in a King James Bible that says so. It's found in 2 Corinthians 5.19. Here, we read that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not, not, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Some simply refuse to believe that. They leave out the word not. And the rest of the verse tells me that's the gospel I'm to be preaching. Not this time past gospel message of coming to God to get your sins forgiven. Well, what did Christ die on the cross for? Come to God to get your sins forgiven. They're already forgiven. The world's sin issue was forgiven at Calvary. Romans 3.25 God ceased imputing sin to anyone. 2 Corinthians 5.19 To believe otherwise would be to believe that God reconciled himself to sin. And if you believe that God reconciled himself to sin, then you're guilty of heresy. If God no longer imputes sin, then there is nothing left to be forgiven for anyone on planet Earth to obtain salvation. What's needed is faith, F-A-I-T-H. Throughout Paul's letters, he implores us to be saved by faith, not to be saved by getting our sins forgiven. Nowhere in his writings are we ever told that we need to come to God to get our sins forgiven. They've already been forgiven. We need to come to God by faith. People are quick to quote Bible and tell you that God can't lie. Well, let me let you in on something else God can't do, something most look over. God cannot forgive sin. No way. It's impossible. You can cry, beg, plead, cut a deal. I don't care what you do. According to the dispensation of grace during this but now time period, God is not forgiving sins. Listen, God poured out his wrath on his son and made him to be sin for you. Second Corinthians 5.21, it's very clear. God looked down through the telescope of time 1900 plus years ago and placed all the sins of the world onto his son. That's the good news you're supposed to be preaching. You're to be preaching what's called, and I quote, the word of reconciliation. It's the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, Romans 16:25. Why did Paul call it, quote, my gospel three different times in this Bible? Why was this gospel not preached prior to the apostle Paul? The Bible answers that. Because if Satan would have heard about it, he would not have crucified the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.8 
You act like a man with something on your mind. Why don't you tell the people the truth for a change? Oh, the truth. The man wants the truth. The, the man, man wants, wants the, the truth. truth. What is the truth, suggesting Pilate, and would not stay for an answer? <laughs> How do you want it? Dished out or in a bottle? And you can go to your school But if you ain't got Jesus You's an educated fool And that's all I tell you that's all But you better have Jesus I tell you that's all Yeah, you know you better have Jesus Well, I tell you that's all To go to a lost person today and tell them that what they need to do is go to God and get their sins forgiven is nothing short of an admission that I don't believe God. I don't believe you, God. I don't believe what you said in this Bible. And sadly, the bare fact bottom line of the matter is most don't. Most do not believe the Bible they carry. They read it, but they don't believe it. They preach out of it, but they don't believe it. Oh, they believe part, but not all. And if you don't believe all, you don't believe your Bible, plain and simple. You don't go to a lost person and tell them to stop their sinning and start doing good to be saved. You don't go to a lost person and tell them to walk an aisle, jump a pew, kneel at a piece of wood, cry a bucket full of tears, and ask him into your heart. And you don't tell them to confess their sins and get dunked in a tub of water to be saved. Tell them the good news, the good news of his finished crosswork, and that they're lost until they believe it, period. Stopping, starting, walking, jumping, kneeling, confessing, getting dunked, or anything else your little heart desires to add to the list is nothing more than self-effort. It's a form of self-worship, and it's satanic. There are those who blindly think that what Paul wrote agrees with the rest of the Bible. It's no different. And then there are those who understand and see the clear and distinctive differences, but claim that Paul was a false apostle, and his letters should not have been included in the Bible. And then there are those of us who understand and see the same clear, distinctive differences, and have no problem whatsoever dealing with them. Why not? Because we recognize that in the Bible, different instructions were written for different people who lived in different times. We acknowledge three different time periods being spoken of. Time past, but now, and ages to come. Remember those. One, two, three. Time past, but now, and ages to come. In time past, the dispensation, the rules, the instructions for life and godliness were different than they are today in the but now time period. And the rules and instructions will again be different in what the Bible refers to as ages to come. If you're guilty of ignoring these instructions, the ones that Christ gave to you through Paul, then you're not aware of the threefold layout of time found in your Bible. In the book of Ephesians, we see our apostle Paul alerting us to all three. In verse 2, Paul mentions the, quote, time past period. 
In time past, ye walked according to the course of this world. And in verse 13, we find that he mentions the quote, But now time period. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And in verse 7, he mentions the quote, Ages to come. That in the ages to come, God might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now let that sink in. Think about this threefold time period Paul is speaking of here. In time past, you and I as Gentiles walked according to the course of this world. We were without Christ and strangers from the covenants of promise. We were without God and had no hope. But now, by the blood of Christ, we have hope. That in the ages to come, God might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. You see, religion has misled the masses. Tradition of men, vain babblings, and misapplied doctrine has been deeply planted and now has its roots anchored into our collective psyche. Because of this, we must daily wipe away, peel off, and come out from under the bondage that has enslaved the minds of so many. It's a daily task, and why Paul tells us in Romans 12:2 to be not conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. This is how we prove what is good, what is acceptable, and the perfect will of God. 1 Corinthians 4.16, Paul said, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is, what? Renewed day by day. And Colossians 3.10 says this, Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Some are inadvertently misleading themselves by hanging on to baseless platitudes that came their way via mama said, daddy said, preacher said. But hey, it's not their fault. The responsibility to turn on and use your baloney detector is ultimately yours. And we're living in an age when truth is highly accessible and we have no excuse. And Satan won't just tell you a lie. No, he's the master of mixing lies and truth. And remember, a half-truth is a whole lie. Question. Are you willing to let the Spirit of Truth guide you into all truth? Jesus Christ is the way and the truth. His Word is the frame of reference for truth. We who are saved are the church, the body of Christ, and Paul tells us that we are the pillar and ground of the truth. Today I'm asking you to examine yourself. How is your spiritual health? Stop talking and just listen to the top concerns of most people today. Whether on TV, the workplace, at home, or on the golf course, you'll most likely notice that a person's spiritual health almost never seems to be an issue. 2 Corinthians 13.8 For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Most people do not really want the truth. And by chance, if you dare teach it, you just might receive the title of a boat-rocking troublemaker. Sure, the truth sets you free, but let's be honest, most are not comfortable with freedom. Oh, they think they are, but the bottom line is they don't even know what true freedom really is. Truth brings change, and most are way too comfortable for that. Many today have the mindset that says, don't disturb me with the truth. Don't confuse me with the facts. Just imagine a train traveling down a track when it comes to a fork. 
the train can continue down the same path or take the fork and change tracks. Most religious conductors would rather stay on the path that they feel most comfortable with than to change and explore unknown territory. Listen to me. It all comes down to how we respond. There are those who respond to the truth by changing, while others would rather stay on the track of error than admit they're wrong. Most, upon hearing the truth for the first time, have an automatic knee-jerk reaction to defend their currently held position and reject anything that doesn't line up with their belief system. You should think for yourself and never let your belief system do your thinking for you. Stop erroneously assuming that you already have the truth. Be open to information and test it against the scriptures. You've got some that want to herd you into the religious groupthink atmosphere where they can conform you to their way of thinking. They would like to bedazzle you with their smoke and mirrors and turn you into a man-pleaser, a crowd-follower. Please, do not dare fall for that mental manipulation. The ruling class does not like to be challenged, but if you're saved, then your Apostle Paul instructs you to be a non-conformist. Don't be a conformer, be a transformer. God has conformed us to the image of His Son, Romans 8.29, and we're not to be conformed to this world, but rather transformed by the renewing of our mind, Romans 12.2. There's some out there that would love for you to hand over your power to them so they can create your world for you. Listen, your destiny is in God's hands, not man's. You've been given a new identity in Christ, and your daily walk with Him is laid out and outlined in the 13 epistles of Paul. Flee from those who want to socially engineer your life for you. Yeah, to them, you're kind of like a computer. And if you'll allow them to, they'll hack into your life and spread a virus. What you need is a protective firewall. Truth Time Radio can help you build it. You'll begin to develop a keen sense of discernment that will assist you in your daily walk, enabling you to detect the intruders. The religious machine and their cohorts want to keep you under control. Puppeteers that want to pull your strings and keep their finger on the button of your life. Religion tells you that you're hell-bound if you don't embrace their horse and pony show. We'll help pave the way for you to reach total independence, equipping you to better recognize and divide truth from fiction. Visit our website today, truthtimeradio.com, study the material, and grow in grace. I'm Trey Searcy, and now, you know the truth. Did you say I've got a lot to learn? Well, don't think I'm trying not to learn. Since this is the perfect spot to learn Ooh, teach me tonight Let's start with the ABC of it Roll right down to the XYZ of it Help me solve the mystery of it Teach me tonight If religion has left you with more questions than answers, Truth Time Radio is for you. All 
This is Truth Time Radio, providing Bible answers in a clear way for all to understand. Bible questions? Email us from our website, truthtimeradio.com. 